welcome to the Unapologetic Connections podcast. We are spicing things up, having no podcast hosts, no scripts, and bearing it all completely unedited. We are a group of entrepreneurial women who believe in true, deep, unapologetic stories. Because life isn't always Instagram worthy. Life is messy, unpredictable, and can rock you to the core. It's time to unmask and show all aspects of ourselves unapologetically. Let's come together, rock this thing called life, and support the heck out of each other. Because ain't nobody got time for the mask of judgment. Get ready to connect, share, and feel the unedited love of unapologetic connections. Welcome back, Connections. I am Anna Mullins, and if you've listened to the podcast before or attended the Unapologetically Her show, you will know that I am both a speaker and the event producer for the show, and I am also a regular contributor on this podcast. So I wanted to bring a topic to the table this week um, based around our theme for the Unapologetically Her show on March 7th, 2020. Now, we have talked a lot on this podcast before about body image and what it really means to love yourself and move through those uh, quote unquote imperfections. And I wanted to put it back on the table. So I know that we've had this conversation, but we are circling back because not only is it um, something that our keynote speaker, Sarah Nicole Landry, the bird's papaya talks about a lot in her dialogue. It is also something that I think plagues women potentially more than anything else that I've ever uh, known about in listening to my clientele, listening to my uh, family, listening to even the internal dialogue I have with myself. I think body shame is an enormous topic that we need to tackle. So the topic this week is how to deal with body shame and how uh, women can actually talk about it and hopefully move through this really, really, really huge issue. So here's where I want to start. First and foremost, this might be just real quick and dirty and simple here. Uh, Is there anyone at the table who doesn't have body shame? So I have Melanie Dawn, Bliss Coaching, who is actually a food freedom and body coach, body image coach. Yes. Ashley McIver, who's a health coach. And then I have Catherine Buchanan of Balancing Energy, who does ancestral clearing work. So Kathy, let's start with you. Have you... Have you ever experienced body shame? Definitely. I've experienced it for years on many different levels, on tons of diets myself in terms of what I looked like and how I felt and what I thought that going on a diet would do for me. Um, I also was a weight loss counselor, actually, in a weight loss program. So that would have been interesting then seeing just externally other people's experience with weight loss and body shame and probably internalizing a lot of that as well. For sure. Yeah. I even think, um, as a weight loss counselor, people even um, were critical of me at the time. I was quite thin, so they couldn't imagine how I could even mm-hmm. help them. Mm-hmm. So it was like when I was thin, it was a problem, but then it was also a problem when I wasn't thin. Oh, okay. So yeah, so that just covers all the entire spectrum mm-hmm. for you. Ashley, talk to me about body shame, body image. What does that mean to you? So although I haven't had much body shaming, I've never really shamed my body I felt shame in a lot of other ways so therefore mm. I've been able to connect with people that perhaps do have body shame and why do you think that you don't have shame around your body 
because that's not where my shame's triggered. Mm. I have shame in other places or insecurities in other places quite deeply or have in the past and mm. still work through them because they're always work we're always working through them. But my body was just not the one that was triggered. Right. And I'm going to go out on a limb and and say, because our listeners can't see us, obviously, um, but that for the most part, you fit what society deems an acceptable weight that a woman should be. And therefore, I think that's what you're talking to with the shame isn't really triggered because what should I be ashamed of if the system is telling me one thing and I am that one thing? Mm -hmm. If they say BA and I'm A, then I think, does shame even activate in that space? It's interesting Hmm. you say that though. Yeah. As you say that, I'm thinking to myself, there's lots of women out there, though, who actually do fit that so-called, quote-unquote, image and weight. Perfect. And they Let's are still shameful. Mm-hmm. And they are have eating disorders. They're bulimic. They're, and they still feel that they're what we may seem as a, or see as the typical conventional beauty. And they're still fighting and feeling disgusting and horrible and ugly. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know where I'm going with yeah, that. Yeah. Why do you think that is, Mel? Because in the work you do as a body image coach, that must come up a lot, I imagine. Yeah, I think it goes like much deeper than just the size of our pants or the, you know, I I think there's trauma, definitely. And this is a really deep question. You know, when I was in my program for my training, I met a lot of girls that fit within the range of acceptable. And Mm. I judged them. And I will say that at this point. And that was totally wrong of me. You judge them for? I judge them because when I looked at them, I saw perfection and I saw what you ideal, what exactly what I wanted to be and what I would kill to be. And I realized that those girls were just as broken as I was and had as much healing to do as I did. And yeah, it just made me see them with such a sense of compassion, realizing that just because what is on the outside doesn't always match what's on the inside. And that goes for me too. You know, you see somebody so put together and it's, it's these, it's again, living in a world on social media where you can put out any images you want to make it look like you have this amazing life and you're happy and fulfilled, but behind those filters, you're broken. Yeah, it just made me look at these, you know, and friends of mine at this point with such a different lens because we all have something. And however that looks, we shouldn't be judging. We should not be judging. Interpreting what we should be in a different way. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because, you know, over the last couple of years, I have found some extra weight. But I also realized that I found it. (laughs) It is living on me. (laughs) But I've also looked back at pictures where I think at this point now, like, oh, God, what I would do to get back to that size. And I realized that at that size, I was not happy. There was still something. Mm. There was still something. And there there was that sense of shame and unworthiness that lived in a smaller body at that point too. So I think until we get to the emotional, you know, cut through all the emotional layers of why, I know that I wouldn't be able to be healing as I am right now without going deeper. 
Mm. I'm so grateful you shared all that. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That was beautiful. Though. And I know that was hard for you. Yeah, I I'm holding it. my throat right now. <laughs> yeah, but thank you. I think that's yeah. going to be really powerful for a lot of people, for sure. Well, thank you, Mel. Thank you. I think it can be just as difficult to have trouble or struggle with weight than it can to be fit and athletic, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. I think it can be. I think that as much as some people don't like to walk into a room or go to a party if they're not loving the way their body is, it can also be uncomfortable to to walk into a place where you know that perhaps you are going to get judged or it's going to be hard mm-hmm. for other women to come up to you because they are looking back and going, that, that's been difficult. Mm-hmm. And you've mentioned in the past that that has stopped you from connecting with women because of that judgment. Right. Yeah. Do you feel you felt sort of unapproachable or they've thought that of you perhaps? Yes, but I don't, even in a, in a social group, I don't come across as unapproachable. I would go to a party or, or a dinner party and at the end of the night, I've got all these people that I'm, I'm talking to and I'm social and I, I'm genuinely interested in what they have to say and I really want to know them. Mm-hmm. But it's been hard to be mm-hmm. to be on the other end as well. So this is this is going to be one of my you know thoughts that I pull out of thin air and like curveball everybody. <laughs> but what or how would you define the body type? This is going to be a little abstract, so please bear with me. How would you define the perfect body for somebody who looks approachable and friendly to other Mm. women. Like that's even something I think is such an interesting dialogue here is that we're all up against the same system. I'm just going to put it out there and I'm going to circle back to the systemic things here because I think it's really important to release some of the accountability to the shame that we all carry because Mm -hmm. we're all up against the same patriarchal system that tells us to be a certain way. So whether that is to be more approachable and more friendly or to be more fit or more thin or whatever that is, whatever that should or is. Or not as fit. Or not as fit <laughs> yeah. just in case somebody who's also up against the same yeah. system battling the same battle you're fighting is feeling insecure and you have that dialogue. So we are creating meaning around every single way that women are designed, mm-hmm. quotes, to show up, that we have to be what somebody else wants us to be. Mm-hmm. For sure. And that's self-acceptance, isn't it? Totally. Mm-hmm. So when you say what's that body type, that you, I just, uh, uh, in all honesty, I just say healthy, a healthy, mentally mm. healthy. But if you could change, this is, I'm just going to keep pushing on it because I think it's kind of interesting here. And it's not really about you or your experience. I think it's just interesting for our listeners. What would have to change about your body right now? No, I'm not actually going to say your body. So what would have to change about your body maybe isn't the right question. What would have to change about um, the system that tells us what women should look like in order for any woman of any size, any shape, any background, any story to walk into any room and feel welcomed and accepted? What is it that we have to change as a society, as people, as women in this dialogue in order to correct this issue for everyone? Geez, that's a loaded question. Yeah. I think it's how we see, well, it's what society has instilled mm-hmm. in us that, I mean, we're, we've come a long way, you know, I think mm-hmm. we have made some leaps and some bounds, but I mm-hmm. think it's what society has shown is 
the acceptable or how we're supposed to look. Mm-hmm. And like we teach our daughters and I teach my daughter, it we are all different. We are not the same. Mm-hmm. We, as long as we are healthy human beings, then we're good. Mm-hmm. We're okay. We accept everybody. But if you look at it through the years too, it's also changed and going from, you know, when Marilyn Monroe was like sexy, I want to go back to then. Yeah. <laughs> right. And even still, I mean, she was only a 14, I know. Right? which I think in those days was probably R8, let's be real. Yes. yes. So, I yes. mean, she yes. was curvy. So women and in that day and age were perceived, um, we wanted to see the curves. Mm-hmm. We wanted a little bit more, like a little bit more bang for your back, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and that's a terrible way to say that, Anna. Um, but... I think if we look back at history, we can look at different decades. We can even go back into the 18th century. Mm-hmm. We can go back farther than that. And at one point, women were viewed as more fertile, of course, when they had more curves mm-hmm. or more fat on their bodies. The childbearing hips. Childbearing yeah. hips or bigger breasts. That was something to be, that was an esteemed look to um, carry more weight. And then over the years, we look at these icons. For example, let's just go into you know, the 1920s and we had these tiny little flappers and then we had the 1950s and we had the Marilyn Monroe's in and around that time. And then Mm -hmm. out of nowhere in the seventies, we had Twiggy, Twiggy. you know, and that also launched the next wave of feminism as well. So, um, part and parcel, I think, but times change and the image, the ideal woman and the ideal body changes as well. But the constant, at least from my perception and studying you know, women's history, the constant is that at some point in history, at any point in history, women were valued for the way they looked, Mm, whether or mm -hmm. not that ideal was a little curvier or whether it was stick thin, they were being valued and judged by the way they looked, period. Mm -hmm. There was always a set of expectations on women's bodies from the get-go. 100%. So really, it's no wonder that we have all these problems and all this body shaming. And And I'm getting like passionate about this. You can hear it in my voice. I get get really frustrated because I, of course, I carry body shame as I think 99% of women do, at least women that I've met. And I I get frustrated for our daughters. I get frustrated Mm. for my friends. I get frustrated for myself because I'm so acutely aware of how every single one of us is up against the same system Mm -hmm. we aren't just making this shit up like we don't just come at it we're like i've decided today that my story is going to be that my body doesn't work Mm -hmm. or that my body doesn't look the way it's supposed to right mel you even said uh, you've seen this range of body types and we're all up against that same set Mm -hmm. of expectations we're fighting against a system that is trying to tell us to be Mm -hmm. a certain way and only two percent of the population fits what the media what society Mm -hmm. what patriarchy wants us to look like two percent and that two percent is struggling equally as much Mm -hmm. to even continue looking that way Mm -hmm. right or to have a different set of expectations or to be judged for another reason I mean whether or not you want to call that a more privileged position is really beside the point in this conversation the point is somebody is dictating to us what we should look like And immediately our shame is then activated. But then if we could see, you know, as she was saying, so we had a photo shoot last night for our Unapologetic Connections podcast. This one. This, this one. (laughs) This This one one here. The one that we're on. (laughs) (laughs) And 
so much shit came up for me. Like me, the food freedom and body image coach who's now having to show up for this fucking photo shoot where what am I going to wear? What am I going to put on this body of mine that has found these extra pounds and stand up next to these ladies who I adore more than I can even tell you to feel like I am worthy of standing up beside them. Like, yeah, I, the anxiety that came from yesterday, I cannot even. Mm. And it pisses me off that I have put so much pressure on myself to, yeah, I, I'm actually out of words right now. Can I just jump in there? For a yeah. Second, I was just thinking, I think for a lot of people, it's really just breaking down your connection to your perception of what society thinks that we should be. And that is definitely all based on our experiences, what we've been told by our parents, by maybe boyfriends, by husbands, Mm -hmm. by ourselves, by our girlfriends, or what we've seen or judged in others. And I think it's really about just figuring out what your connection is to that and getting to the root of it. Totally. And with the work that I do, ancestral clearing, it may not even be your bullshit. It might be your mother's, your grandmother's. We don't even know. We may have these knee-jerk reactions to things that we haven't even been ridiculed about. Nothing ever happened to us. Why do we feel this way? And it could be there too. So I think right. really getting to the root of why we feel that way, why we're connected to it, and sort of breaking that down and releasing it, making some peace for that, clearing that crap mm-hmm. out of there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think as a society, we're just obsessed with women's bodies, period. Yeah. I think we're just obsessed. I think in, I mean, this is, this is the big, for me, it's always about media. It's always about what's represented in yes. the media. It's always about the role models. It's what we see. Is there diversity in media? Uh, at this point, there is not equal diversity in even mm-hmm. the male to female ratio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, you know, even TV directors and movie directors, like the percentages are like 13% of women are directing TV series versus men. So we already know that it's being informed mm-hmm. by uh, women's bodies are being informed by a male patriarchal system. Mm-hmm. And actual men who don't have the lived experience. And I just want to say right now, before I get like comments about this, uh, men deal with body shame too. It is not exclusive to women. Right. It does happen for men. There is an ideal for men. It just happens exponentially less for men. Mm-hmm. Men have traditionally, they or they don't much. talk about it, right. but traditionally they have been valued for their money and their mm-hmm. power and their level of success. Yes. They haven't been judged as much around their bodies. So I think the male body shame conversation is newer. Mm-hmm. I think women are fucking sick of it. It's like, it's been the story of our life for thousands of years, really. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, I mean, maybe that's where it comes from too. We've got all this ancestry that's been, you know, we're just dealing with this system and so much lack of diversity in the media, which is, I think, you know, why we have somebody like the birds papaya, Sarah coming to the show this year. Cause I think it's an important dialogue that she is sharing. And even though she is in semi-privileged positions as somebody who does present as a Mm -hmm. person, she is allowing us to see different variations and versions of women's bodies in media. Mm -hmm. And for my daughter's sake, I hope to God that more women jump on this bandwagon Mm -hmm. and start to show diversity in body type. Otherwise we are just being infiltrated with the image of women that this system wants our children to see and therefore we will have another generation of people if we don't stop this now and start putting some diversity of bodies 
shapes, sizes, even disabilities, frankly, and colors. Like I want diversity in every way, shape and form, Mm -hmm. not just size Mm -hmm. so that our dialogues can be different. We can say, I feel represented, right? You might say, this is actually what a woman should look like because all I've ever seen is women my size represented. Mm -hmm. If that were true, you wouldn't show up at photo shoots and feel like you shouldn't be there. For sure. You would say, this is how all women at photo shoots look, because that's what I've seen on magazines and TVs and movies. And, you know, I could go on. I'm getting heated. I need to cool down. I just wanted to ask Mel a question, actually. It came up for me. I want to ask you, what would make you feel better or more (laughs) comfortable showing up for a photo shoot? What do you think would help with that? Oh, like I look back at the last two years of my life and I have gone through a tremendous amount of growth and I do show up in my life now more than I have in the past but something about yesterday triggered the fuck out of me do you have a sense of what it was and I don't even think you need to share it but do you know what that is I don't no Mm -hmm. I don't I I don't know what Ashley's question for myself I can tell you that nothing and I've done the exact same thing I show up at photo shoots all the time and I go home and I'm angry for days like I I can't bare looking at the pictures. I can't stand looking at anything that I'm in. And there is quite literally nothing, at least, and I'm just being very, very honest, unless I just happen to one day miraculously be thinner, there is, there is nothing that would change for me in that photo shoot. You couldn't set the set any different. You couldn't have a better photographer. You couldn't add better lighting. You couldn't tell me a hundred million times that you could you know, that I look beautiful, you couldn't put me in the perfect clothing, nothing could change that for me. Unless I just felt good about myself in the moment. And, and it's if not I don't even feel about good, the... nothing can change yeah. that for me. I have to feel good about myself in the moment. I have to be comfortable and happy with where I'm at. Do you think you could never be comfortable and happy where you're at? Is that what you're saying? No, I definitely could because I have been. Yes. And, and I, and the body that you exist in right now, do you think you could be happy is what she's asking you that's what right saying. now today? Yes. yes. Like, could there be some conditioning or some stuff that's going on for you connection to what you should look like that you, you know, could be broken down that maybe you can feel differently. I think it would help for me to explain to my, I think my journey with my body, I think it would help our listeners and maybe even yourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you probably all know this already, but I, w- I grew up very, very thin. I was always in the traditional definition of like thin and or whatever society told you you were supposed to look like in a bathing suit. That was me naturally and without any work, it was just God given. This is just what happened genetically. It created me. Boom. That's how I showed up. And I was able to wear whatever I want, go to any party I wanted and feel comfortable. I was, I was just happy in my body, not because I did anything to deserve it but because I just happened to be born into what society wanted me to be. So I spent most of my life, actually, if I do the math, it is 80% of my life probably feeling zero body shame and not plugging into that at all. Mm -hmm. I was not activated by body shame at all because I didn't need to be. I was in the privileged position of being in the world as the world wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. So I just got to kind of like glide through it. And that didn't prepare me for the time when I had a car accident that created a chronic pain situation for me that made me stop doing a lot of the activities athletically that I was inclined to do before and that I did do on a regular basis. So I started putting weight on. In that time, I had two babies 
as well. I also went through post-traumatic stress. I fell into a depression. I was on antidepressant medication, which if anyone out there is listening knows, there is a side effect 90% of the time of weight gain with a lot of these medications. So I was in the perfect storm of moving from a body that I felt no shame about. In fact, I was almost shameless. I loved my body. I was ha- I would wear literally anything. I've shown you some of the pictures of the crap I put on my body. <laughs> literally anything or nothing. I still own some of that. But just the weirdest stuff. But I was adventurous with my fashion. I felt comfortable. I was confident. I had no shame at all. I would photo shoot. I'm like, I am there. I am front and center. Like, that's exactly where I want to be today. How many cameras can we get? Like, that was where I was at. And now I'm not. And this is the difference. And this is my journey is different. It isn't. Yeah. I, I feel like my shame comes in because I have absolutely no idea how to, at this point at least, cope with being in a body that doesn't actually feel like mine. Mm-hmm. It has mm-hmm. been set, I, I feel like I've been given this body, like here's your depression body and your baby body and your post-traumatic stress body and your chronic pain body and your whatever. I mean, And how are you going to show up in that body? And now the yeah. work for me is having to figure out how to be me inside a body that's never actually been me. So I, mm-hmm. I do feel like I'm wearing a costume and I hope that relates to women out there potentially who have gone through that journey and maybe didn't have the exact same journey I had, but I just didn't build up any coping skills at all around this. I didn't have to find out, like, let's dig in and make sure Anna's confidence is there because the system gave me my confidence. And I really want to like push this into people's minds out there that sometimes you're not doing any better or any worse because a system tells you you're supposed to be a certain Mm -hmm, way. mm -hmm. And just because you are it doesn't mean that you've done any exponentially more work to be confident. You might, you absolutely might. You might've done other work. It also doesn't mean you're going to stay that way. It doesn't mean you're going to stay that way. And your body might change year to year. You might have an accident like I did. You may have a couple of babies in, in a short amount of time, right? There's lots of things that can happen to your physical body and the work and why I'm so passionate about this is because it's my story. It's like we have to start to understand that we are being informed on a regular basis by a system that exploits women's bodies consistently and constantly. Mm-hmm. I was probably being exploited in many ways in my thin body long before I ever recognized it mm-hmm. because I was benefiting from it. I was benefiting from the system wanting me to look that way. Mm-hmm. And now I don't benefit from that system. And let me tell you, I don't get treated the same way in stores. Mm -hmm. I don't get treated the same way Mm -hmm. in social situations. I don't get treated the same way at gyms. I don't get treated the same way in grocery stores. I don't get treated the same way. People don't hold doors for me anymore. And the crappy thing is, is you're everything that you were before more and probably quote unquote, a better person because you have more empathy and you have more understanding and you experience course. all those things you've just spoken about. So you're probably a much better person if there's even such a thing as that than you were before, but you still don't feel that you would maybe even get that recognition. Right. Or... I just think my journey is with my body is not over because I don't, I still don't know. I genuinely have a person inside of me that's like, this is so weird for me. Mm-hmm. When I see photographs of me, I don't recognize it still. I'm like, that's bonkers. So I've, once again, I've talked way too much and taken no, over I, your moment. I love this. But I think I was trying to kind of rebound a little bit off of what you were saying about the photo shoot is that I just think when I look at it, that that doesn't look like me at all. 
I don't resonate with it. There's nothing anyone could tell me on the day of a photo shoot. It wouldn't matter. I would still say, yep, and you're looking at some other version of me. Mm-hmm. So that might be a different dialogue than than shame, potentially. This is a little bit of an identity mm-hmm. crisis, maybe, going through like a very short period of time with mm-hmm. massive change. Mm-hmm. So that's my journey, and I just wanted to be honest about it. No, and I appreciate that. And it's it's no wonder we define our worth based on our looks and our weight and our that's that's what we've been conditioned to think. And I think we have to look at the fact that on the other end as well for these women that are fit or are in shape or you know a nice figure if you will, it's hard. It's hard for them as well. There there's a lot to live up to and not only that but Sometimes you get to the point, and actually this was me in my 20s especially, not so much now, I would think, well, who am I without this, and I'm just going to use these words, rock and body. Yeah. Then what? Well, are people going to like what I have to say? Well, and then such a Um, sense of pressure to keep that rock and body. Right. Right? And then became the point (laughs) Because otherwise you end up like Anna. (laughs) With a lot of work to do. And I say that term very loosely. I, I say it very loosely. Rock and ball. I don't, you know what I mean. Absolutely. But there would be times where, because I struggle with anxiety, as we all know, and I would say things and I would forever walk away from conversations and think, mm-hmm. God, was that stupid that I just said that? Well, thank God I got this behind me because without it, I would be freaking an idiot. Right. Like that's yeah. where, so it can be. That was really, your shame. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was my shame. Well, crazy, hey? I remember running into a guy that I hadn't seen probably for 10 or 15 years. And he looks at me, smiles, nice to see you. And you got, they literally did the once up and down. And he goes, oh, well, we've all changed our body shapes and got a few more wrinkles, haven't we? And I'm like, oh, what? That was what do you charming. mean? I'm like, have we? Or are you just referring to just me? <laughs> like, what a horrible wow. thing to say. No kidding. Yeah. That's so I did Like in that moment, you're just like, well, oh, okay. I, what do you even say then? I actually want to punch you in the face right now. Right. But, yeah. This is crazy. A random thought, but anyway. And what people think is acceptable in a discussion sometimes, it, I just... But you bring up a good point too, Kathy, about aging, mm-hmm. women and aging yes. in our bodies. That even the changes, I mean, wrinkles in your face and wrinkle, wrinkles elsewhere, who cares where. But just mm-hmm. in general, like we're pretty lucky to be aging. That's like a really, yes. really great thing. And coming yes. from the daughter of somebody who has, you know, been surviving cancer for 13 years. Every day has been a struggle of whether or not we're even going to get another Christmas. Mm-hmm. To even keep getting those Christmases, it's like those wrinkles are really special and okay. they should really be valued. But once again, you know, as much mm-hmm. as the system likes thin people, they also like young people, mm-hmm. women. Let me just plug in the word women there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. Because somehow men become distinguished as yes. they get older with wrinkles yeah. and gray hair, and women just become old. old. <laughs> yeah. How do we get past I've this? Every single day. Yeah. Like, I've done a lot of work to get these wrinkles to get where I am. Yes, right? right? Yeah. There's been stress, there's been work, there's been some children stress. and jobs, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just been a lot of stuff. So. Yeah, and think yeah. about even the beauty industry. The cosmetics industry, the wrinkle creams, the the Botox and the fillers and to change the way you are aging normally, gracefully, naturally in order to fit whatever we're just supposed to be, I suppose. What is the perfect thing anyway? You know, like what, 25? Is that the right age? Like what is, would you go back to, I would not go back to 25. I might, I might. I would (laughs) not. 
you could never give up the journey and like doing what we're doing right now. Right. We wouldn't be sitting in this oh. room. The four of us probably wouldn't even know each other, but for no. the journey I went on at least. Mm-hmm. And well, also all of the cumulative journeys. This okay. is the best I have. Well, I'm 39. I'll be 40 in September. And I don't think I've ever been more comfortable with myself at 40. It only took like 40 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But. But know. better than 50 or 60 or 73. Some people mm-hmm. never, ever. It almost took me 50. Yeah. I'm almost 50. And just the genuine friendships now. Yeah. That yeah. means more to me. My female friendships now, especially with you guys. And I, I like to keep my circle a little bit small. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I just do. Oh, I didn't um. (laughs) (laughs) I say um too much. (laughs) You don't. I say um too much. Because Um, I find, I I like the small circle. I like the intimate conversations and the the truth. and Mm -hmm. Like these conversations, which are so intimate and also are being listened to by thousands of people. (laughs) Our intimate conversations. How do we change this? How do we change the dialogue? What is the key? What's important? What are we hoping for as far as the system goes even? I mean, I know that's a huge topic. Mm -hmm. Keep talking. Keep talking about it and teaching our children. And, and, you know, you keep teaching your daughters. Mm -hmm. I'll keep teaching mine. She gets Mm -hmm. like a quiz. Why do we work out? To be healthy. What's healthy? Just to be happy. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. do we keep... We just keep going. Mm -hmm. I think that's all we can do. And at some point we need to be and accept ourselves where we're at. I agree. You don't have to like it. You do not have to like it, but if you cannot come to some sort of acceptance with self in the moment, nothing is going to change. Mm. Like I'm like giving to move. You forward. do. Yeah, you do. Like you said, you don't have to love it, but no, acknowledge it. Yes, yeah, for sure. And and realize it's just part of the journey, and continue on. Release. Think about changing your language, like if something crosses your mind even about another person you see someone walk on the street and you have a thought about them about their image and even just changing your language about that oh I shouldn't think that I should think just kind of retraining yourself mm-hmm. just a kind of a reminder to yourself of what you've thought or what you haven't thought and about yourself mm-hmm. too like self-talk and that kind yeah of I think we need to cultivate stronger critical thinking skills and mm-hmm. media literacy mm. as well um especially in young girls yeah uh, teaching them this should be in schools i don't know okay. maybe it I is totally agree. Just totally agree. too old to know that now but we need media literacy programs for adults and for children but i think we need we need to teach people women girls people in general uh that the media has a plan Mm-hmm. and a strategy and they are selling things mm-hmm. and there is money to be made off yep. of the exploitation sexualization objectification dismemberment at times of women's <laughs> bodies uh in the media to make new representations and to allow for young girls and women to better critically think mm-hmm. about what we are ingesting what we are seeing what we are reading uh, the different ways that women are represented. If we just take, this is just, here's a little exercise for all of us, maybe just creating this on the fly. Everybody who listens to this podcast in the next day, just the next day, find five things on your social media feed, (laughs) on TV, in a magazine, in a book, whatever it is that you're watching, ingesting, reading, seeing, thinking about, Find examples where the media is portraying women in a certain way to sell you something. 
to sell an ideal. Just pick them out. All you have to do is become aware that it is designed for a reason and for a purpose. Do I do think things are getting a little better? I think that we will all for sure find those five things. But I think I have a 19-year-old and a 21-year-old. And I just, I don't know about you guys, but I recall when I would come home and describe someone to my family or my friends, I would say, oh, you know, the good-looking girl or the one with this, or I would even say the big girl. I hate to even say that I would say that, but I probably would use that to describe someone. And I might even include, like, their skin color or their nationality or or something Mm -hmm. that was just, and it was never from a place of um, judgment, just sort of facts. And it's interesting, I know that my kids now don't say that. They've never described their friends as, oh, you know, Natalie, whatever, the beautiful person or this person, mm-hmm. you know, she's the big girl or, you know, she's the mm-hmm. bitchy one. Like, and I think mm-hmm. that was pretty, I would say for me and my friends and maybe family growing up, it was common to say, oh, the bitchy one or this yeah. one or the bossy one. Right. They don't say that. They're just like, my friend so-and-so is and coming that's over. It. And I think that's pretty cool. And I do think that's just come, come from a disintegration of labels, totally. frankly. Yeah. Which, I mean, we are moving into a more fluid society. So I think that's, that's a really good Yeah. I wouldn't say that I would say that they still have their own insecurities. Mm -hmm. Like I know that my daughter has insecurities and my son, I think they still Mm -hmm. have insecurities, but they are more aware than we were for sure. Oh God. I have such hope for the next generation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think we just keep talking about it too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Keep having conversations and. Well, I just think it's, it's cool that Sarah, it's great that she's able to see all of you and look up to you. Like it's great. Sarah, your daughter. My daughter. Not sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. I'm sorry. My daughter. (laughs) It's great that she has women that are 15, 20 plus years older than she is, who she loves and adores and admires, who are blazing this trail. It's amazing. It's amazing mm-hmm. for her to be just uh, to witness you guys. So, thank so you. tell her not oh. to listen to this episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do, I do She's like, are they are. falling apart? <laughs> I, do, I do think we are getting better. And I say that totally. I was at my daughter's okay. cheer competition last weekend. And when you go to any competition, you will see all sizes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll hear women say, I love this. This is fantastic. Mm. And not only will you see all sizes, but you'll also see teams with special needs children on them. So So we have come, I think we're, we're, we've gotten better for sure. Mm -hmm. And that allows the children to look at those other girls and think nothing because we shouldn't think anything. Mm -hmm. Right. And I guess the next level is that we don't notice that we've got better. That's right. We don't notice that we love that there are special needs kids on all sizes, that it just is. Right. That that just is a way of life. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So just tangibly speaking, because I want to wrap this conversation around hopefully something positive, because I have preached (laughs) a little too much today, I think. Too much of Anna's voice. Let's just think about this. What is one way moving forward, one activity that we could do, one small anything, one uh, one small expression of acceptance, of self-acceptance that we could do, that how we could show up maybe differently in the world it, the next time that we have the opportunity? So here's an example. For me, putting a bathing suit on on the beach is like tragic. Like that's not a good day for me at all. Like, or even putting a bathing suit on in my closet by myself <laughs> and like figuring that scenario out so that for me I feel like an activity could quite literally be just do it just put it on and go swimming mm-hmm. go put it on go to the beach because it just really is that. that easy it, it really is. is that easy but just to see because I do think and this is true I mean I've done a ton of work now and I do know that it is true that when you start to realize that your 
uh, perceived outcome is actually not even taking mm, place. Nobody's right. really staring or taking pictures or poking you with a stick or doing any of the things <laughs> that you imagine <laughs> is potentially yes. happening, right? If it doesn't happen, you're eventually habitually going to understand that there's no reaction and the no reaction is kind of a good thing, right? Mm. That you are just moving through and maybe you're getting the validation as well of having a fabulous, wonderful experience at the beach with your children or your husband or whatever that looks like. So you end up kind of like compounding the positive effects with what the lack of potential negative side effects as well. So that's my activity. That's, that's my one thing. But what, hmm. what could you do? Whether maybe it's a photo shoot, a difference in showing nope. up. Mine is you. going to be open to accepting compliments. Mm, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Here's one. That is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I think you are stunningly beautiful. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. Well done. You did it. <laughs> I'm like giving her a dirty She's look here. I didn't mean I wanted to start tonight. <laughs> Maybe next month. Yeah. Maybe next month. <laughs> Ash, what about you for anything that, that kind of activates shame for you? I will not apologize or overthink the fact that I am fit and healthy. Yes. Love I love that. That's great. Kathy. Uh, I'm going to say for me, I really appreciate my body, I guess, a lot more when I'm doing something physical. And I think that making note of that when I do something physical, like when I, if I go for a walk or I go for a hike or I go to the gym or something like that, that I even say to myself, like, thank you for doing that. Thank you for Mm. my body allowing me to do this. And just being more present in that because that really is that, that amplifies that for me. It makes me feel good about it. The gratitude. I love that. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. That's wonderful. Love it. Well, let's wrap this up, ladies. Um, hopefully that, I feel like that was a really intense conversation. It was. Do you feel that? Oh my goodness. And it's all led and directed and perpetrated by me. And I'm not and that sorry we for it. Thank you for that, actually. Good. Yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> There's going to be lots of thoughts around this, I imagine, from our listeners. Please send us comments and and questions. This is, questions. Yeah. This is an ongoing dialogue. And as you can see from all of us today, this is a work in progress for women everywhere. There is no, this is not a destination where you just arrive at self-confidence and just like magically your life is perfect from then on. Uh, That's not how this works. The system will change. The messages will change. The external references will change. The media will change. And frankly, I hope you will change as well. Your body will grow and age and change and maybe you'll find pounds and maybe you will lose pounds. I don't care what that looks like. I just know that your body today is not your body tomorrow and it's not your body next year. So um, let's just all kind of embrace the fact that this is an ongoing dialogue and um, always, hopefully, a helpful work in progress with us chatting about it here today. So thank you again for listening and thank you to our sponsor, Nude Soda. If you are still with us and have hung in at the end of this very intense podcast, you are officially (laughs) connected. Head on over to unapologeticconnections.com, read more about us, put some names to faces, and please subscribe and leave us an honest review. Our agency stands for a lot of things, but most of all, real truth and real connection. So thank you for connecting with us. Thank you, ladies. Until next week. Thank you.